As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shoots Magoots. What's up, Shoots? Same panic, different disco. You know how it goes. No, honestly, we are in a different panic, in a different disco. Same panic at the disco, as they say. Here we go again. One of the bros is sick. Find out who. It's me. I'm sick. I feel horrible. And I'm going to call it the Red October Flu. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for those of you that follow us on social media, you might have noticed that I was down in Texas this past weekend visiting my daughter for five days. It was incredible. We had an absolute blast. I got to watch her cheerleading. Uh, She did like a cheer camp. And then on Friday, went to the high school football game. And it's like Troop Texas versus Arp Texas. And they're like five miles apart from each other. Get this. They're both the Tigers. They're both maroon and white. Interesting. Interesting. And they're rivals, right? I imagine that the away team's wearing white, right? Uh, I forget. But I wasn't watching. I was watching Poppy. So that's the thing. Like, they came out on the sideline and they cheered for the like the entire first half with like yeah. the older girls. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I took like a million videos. I was 1,000% standing in the way of multiple families trying to watch their children play football. But fuck your kids. I'm trying to watch Bobby (laughs) cheerlead. But it was awesome. But here's how my week went, okay? So last Wednesday, went to the Phillies game. Yes. Got home late. Adrenaline pumping. I don't sleep well when I travel. My flight was at 6.30. So I had to get to the airport about 4.30, right? Maybe two hours of sleep. Land in Texas. Have to record with you. Drive three hours out to Troop, Texas to go get my daughter. Stay there for the night so I can watch her in the football game the next day. Drive back to Dallas three hours. Stay in Dallas until Monday. All right? Tuesday morning, I fly back at 6 a.m. Had to wake up at 3. Land in Philadelphia. Had about a three-hour breather and then down to the Phillies. And then I had to wake up at 6 o'clock this morning to go train people. So I think I'm running on, like, collectively five hours of sleep over the past seven days. It is Poppy-related and Phillies-related, so at the end of the day, 1,000% worth it. <laughs> I, I fully get that. I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Look, I, I know how the flu goes. I had it a couple of weeks ago. It was not fun. You said before the show that we need to stop kissing. <laughs> I disagree, actually. I think Kissing Your Boys is back. Kissing Your Boys is absolutely back. If anybody was watching last night, Rojas and Castellanos shared a little warm embrace. There was a little smooch going on in there. Kissing Your Boys is back. Some people say it never left. I think it's back fully. So here we are. That's our current event right now, though. Um, But yeah, no, I I feel that entirely. I had to go to -to back-to-back games. If we're looking at it like this on an aggregate score, though, the games that we've been to, it is, I think, 26 to 2. It is. The boys are cooking. Boys are cooking. The overalls are working. We're 3-0 in the overalls. Uh, But other than that, Let's get into some business, pal. Do you have any current events for us? No, dude. The The current events is just Phillies, really. Yeah, you're going to have like, to check in with us after Red October. It, it took me four days to recover. I didn't, I still, I, I just today started feeling fine. Really? Yeah. Like, it was It was a full recovery. Friday did absolutely nothing. I ate ice cream and ate pizza, 
in that order, actually, on Friday night. That's by good. myself. Yeah, of course. Of course, naturally. Saturday, I think I went to the mall for about an hour and got really tired and went home. You went to the mall? Yeah, I went to the mall. I go to the mall to like clear my clear my head a little bit, you know? You're that guy. Yeah, I get a little... You sit on the mall benches? (laughs) Fuck no. You're not that guy. No. And don't even ask me about the massage chairs. Um, Do you sit on those? No. God, no. I think those things are disgusting. I've never seen one of those things sanitized ever. And you just see like tired dads walking around with their daughters. (laughs) They just want to sit down and like they'll they'll zone out and just either fall asleep or just... I've seen a guy fall asleep in a massage chair without anybody massaging him. Yeah, that sounds about right. I got it. Well, since we don't have any current events, I saw somebody asked in the comments if we could do a similar power rankings as last week where we ranked, what show did we rank, Roni? Roni. They want us to power rank Southern Charm this week. Oh. So I thought that was a good idea. So that let's do a, a guys. Idea. We'll do a guys rank, a girls rank, and then a top three and bottom. <laughs> just a bottom one. So guys, Why girls. We just put them all together. You're just making multiple categories that create one big category. In my brain right now, this makes sense to me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, just rank them then. Uh, okay. I will put... See, this is... It's tough. You're right. I think you are right. I think you oh! girls, just because it's really tough to, yeah. to overanalyze things. But Asshat. right now, and it's so funny because it's like sympathetic too. Because I feel bad for a couple of the cast members. I think I know who you're going to say. And it's just like the Weirdly whole enough. Weird. No, you know who's number one? Madison. Really? I've got Madison at the top. Interesting. Madison even being at Whitney's house that night when Craig or when Austin and Shep had to have their little powwow about everything. Her being there was funny. It is funny. She is just there to be. She's the meme of standing over your enemy's grave and being like, I had to show up to the funeral to make sure you were actually dead. I actually do appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. It's it's really great for TV, you but know it's what? also just funny in life. And Austin deserves it. And he also didn't care. Like he came out and she goes, so did y'all fuck or what? And he That's looks your at her. Southern accent. That was my Southern accent. Yeah. She has a way more pronounced Southern accent than everybody she else does. on the show. And uh, sometimes I think it's fake, but that's you know, not, neither here nor there. No, her. She's not from Charleston, right? I thought she was from, like, actually somewhere more further out west. Somewhere further southern, would you say? With a thicker accent. Charleston accents tend to not be as prominent. No, there are parts of North and South Carolina that are, like, a thicker accent. but sticks. Yeah, if you go out in the sticks. But um, Charleston tends to not. You get a little twang. But Getting derailed from our power rankings immediately. We're talking about accents. It doesn't take long. Doesn't take especially much. in your state too, because I have the tendency to just kind of go off the rails anyway. And I now you rein us in. Yeah, you're indulging me at this point. This is bad. So I'm, I've got Madison at the top. I'm gonna put Craig right behind her, and every, it's really mushy in the middle. I agree with that. Um, I guess I'll put Olivia at three because I feel bad for Olivia. She's just kind of getting railroaded for all of this, and then it's just like a mix of Austin, Taylor, Shep. Vanita, who doesn't do a whole lot, but she's getting a little bit more screen time. I want a little bit more from her because I feel like she can bring a different element to the show. And JT is at the bottom. It, it, in lieu of everything that's going on right now, JT's still at the bottom because he, he won't shut the fuck up about bro code. If he says bro code one more time, I'm going to fly down to Charleston and hit him with a golf club. We're going to change our name. The, it will no oh, longer be the Bravo. I didn't even think about that. That's so us. bad for us, <laughs> dude. I, I know they say no bad, there no publicity is bad publicity, but that is. It is. I don't want. It's I don't not. want mommy, mommy milk boy over there talking about bros. Mommy milk boy. I, I swear he said mommy milk at one point in time, but whatever. 
So yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. I know it's not a very regimented power rankings, but that's how I feel. I I respect your feelings. Here's mine. Thanks, pal. Number one for me is Olivia, actually, because I think she's handling this thing very well, and she's getting put in some bizarre scenarios, like just creepy almost. I did not care for the dinner scene. It made me like gave me the heebie-jeebies legitimately. So I'm going to say Olivia's number one because I appreciate that she's getting all this shit thrown at her and she's staying pretty tough. Yep. Number two, I'm going to go with Craig. I like Craig on Southern Charm. He's a different guy. He's much more well-rounded. He has emotional intelligence on this show. I don't know if you can say at this point that you like Craig on Southern Charm because I'm thinking back to just this past season of Summer House. He was fine there. Oh, you're right. That, I think I'm still stuck on Winter House, and I need to move on from it. You do. That's when he was kind of goofy. Yeah, he was really goofy at Winter House. He was also very goofy when Austin was terrible on Summer House. Which that's is a good seasons point. Ago All right, now. I'll give Craig. Yeah, you're right. So, so yeah, I, I think Craig is, I think we're just watching in real time Craig grow up. Craig's cool now. Craig in a real relationship and kind of removing himself from situations with Shep and Austin is helping him grow up. I agree. Cool, okay. Craig. So, Craig... Not just Socho, Craig. Flat out Craig number two. Socho? Southern Charm. <laughs> you don't have to say it. I know what you're... Socha. Socha's probably better. Socho doesn't sound as okay, good. Okay, go on. Uh, three, Madison. Four, five, six. Yeah, that's kind of a weird right? blend. I, I don't know where to put them. Like, I, I, think I, that... I think I, weirdly enough, I put Shep above all of them. I don't. I can't ever, just because I know who he is. And I think that it's he's getting a weird pass this year because of what's going on, and it negates everything that he did because you can't compare the two, and it's impossible, right? But it doesn't take away... Oh, funny side note, by the way. Somebody in our comments told me to stop saying right after I make points. They're like, you make good points. You don't have to like convince us that you're correct by saying right at the end of it. It's like, look, that's I just how I talk. I love the corrective backhand. Like, it's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but so at the same time, just stop saying right. No, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. But I just think that he's getting a weird pass because you can't compare what he did to what Taylor did. But at the same time, he's still not a good dude. But he's getting this weird sympathy card from the audience because people feel bad for him. I found myself feeling bad for him until I'm reminded, like, wait a minute, you're a dirtbag. I think he's got a tiny bit of self-awareness this year, which is way more I than he's ever that's had. A bold statement. I think it's way too early. There's a, couple of, there's a couple of statements that he's made that sounds like he is at least somewhat self-aware. And it could just be him not being in a relationship. It could just be... Obviously, confessionals happen after things happen, so maybe he's getting a little bit of perspective from all of this because he's been railroaded, but... We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, and then, Vanita is not on my rankings only because, like you said, I want to see more out of her. For better or worse, I need to see what she can bring to the table. I feel like she always gets the the phone call from somebody. Always Madison. Like, you she know what I mean? Phone calls from Madison. Or her boyfriend that we've seen once or twice. But, like, mm -hmm. that's the extent of her involvement thus far. And I don't know if that's her fault even. So, like, I would like to see her do more. And I'm curious to see if they're going to give her more of the limelight at some point. If she's going to step into this situation in some way, shape, or form. But then last for me is also Jay. Actually, no. You know what? JT's before Shep and Austin. I take okay, that wow. back. Because JT is good for the show, dude. I don't like. I know that you hate him, and I, don't, I, I just don't think he's good for the show. I I know what he was there for. He's a plant to get us to talk about how 
Olivia slept at Austin's or uh, that that Taylor slept at Austin's house. That's all he was there for. And now he's just talking about it over and over. We're getting to the point now where everybody knows what happened and we've gone deeper than what JT knows. So we have no use for JT anymore. He was a plant by Bravo, by Southern Charm to go there to say, hey, give us a little bit of insight on Austin and Taylor's relationship. Well, I heard that she slept at his house. Awesome, JT. Thank you. Well, I also heard that she slept at his house and he violated the bro code. Bro code, bro, what, professional. What the professional fuck? Professional courtesy. It's just he, he's done. We're, we're done with JT. So he doesn't. He's a plant, what would you, you say what that? did he do in this episode that makes you think? Wow, he's great for the show. This episode, no. But I, I'm just going off of like, he's been good for the show up until this episode. But if you're saying that he's a plant, would you say that he has already wilted? <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's a plant that sprouted and then just never flowered. Okay, all right. Well, with that, that's a perfect segue. Let's jump right into Southern Charm. The first thing I want to point out, and I saw this, and you're normally the resident ratings guy, Southern Charm is crushing it this season. And Salt Lake. Both are doing like over a million. I think they're on really good nights, if that makes any sense. I think that Tuesday through Thursday is the sweet spot. I Sunday night that. is tough. Sunday night has to be really tough. Especially in the fall when you got football on. And... Yeah, it's football. And, and look, I'm not, you know, who knows what people, if people are even watching football on Sundays. It's also just the end of the weekend. And maybe you're not tuning into something that's airing at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. You that's just kind of like ease back in. I feel like that Tuesday through Wednesday is such a sweet spot. And that's Salt Lake's on Tuesday, Southern Charm on Thursday night. You could sit down on a Thursday night, have a couple of glasses of wine, have a couple of cocktails, have a couple of uh, day chasers. No, you might thanks. think that maybe you're getting a little hydrated. You're not. You're drinking. not. That is alcohol. Yes, it is. But I feel like it's in a really good spot, and it's also captivating right now, and it's a little different than what the Housewife shows have shown us so far, so I think people are kind of geared up for it, and I like it. Do we have Beverly Hills on Wednesday coming mm-hmm. up? Oh, that's a great lineup. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is going to be awesome. I'm excited for that. And we might have a little guest coming on to talk about Beverly Hills. Hint, hint. We'll see. But let's jump into this episode. We start out with the conclusion of the conversation at Whitney's house. And Shep and Austin are sitting there. And I have a question for you. Because at the end of last week's episode, you said, I don't think that anything happened between Austin and Taylor. Given the fact that we know that they made out. Do you think that they did more than that? Or do you think they just made out? Weirdly enough, I am taking them for face value. You think they just Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know why. I have no idea. It's a gut feeling, and I don't typically have gut feelings on things like that. Okay. Usually, I am pessimistic. You're usually on the other side. Yeah, of it. I'm yeah. usually way on the That's other side. That's why I'm giving this more merit, honestly. For some reason, something feels off about the whole thing. All of their interactions, the way they talk to each other. The way they talk about each other, it just something feels really off to me. And I, I don't think that it actually, I don't think it transpired further than that. I'm curious if we're going to get more. Um, I still think there's more to it. There's no way, especially if it was a drunk moment and they were at Austin's house. She said, we were at Austin's. You're telling me that they were lit. She slept there. They kissed and that was it. Or did it happen not in even, New York? Not even an OTPHJ? Or did it happen in New York? She said it happened at his house, but I mean, at this Somebody point, else said New York. Somebody said his house. I think that Olivia said New York, and she said his house. Oh, or, okay. or was it Austin told Shep that it was at See, his house? See, it, it gets murky. It doesn't. We just Already forget getting murky. what they said. Which, it, it could be murky <laughs> for two reasons. 
either I'm going to go tinfoil hat and say that they didn't do anything and this is all for the show, or I'm going to say there's a lot more here and that's why they're not matching up their lies, which we've already seen. Time will tell, but I, the, the whole scene to me is weird because Shep, all he wants to do is forgive Austin. He's just looking for a reason to be like, yeah, you know what, man? Like, it's cool. Like, I, I don't understand why you did that. And like, but I love women. Like, the worst thing you could say right there is I love women. Like, I get it. You just want to bang them all. I want that one. I want that one. I just want all the women all the time. It's like, even in a moment where you're trying to let Austin back into the fold with you, you're still being gross. And this is where I get, like, reminded. It's like, yeah. You're literally saying, I totally get it, man. This is just the one chick you couldn't step out on. Like, that was the only time. Like, everything else is fine except for her. And I don't, the fact that he has this weird principle around just Taylor, but everything else is fair game. I don't think that he has the right to demand anything from anybody. And again, I think that we broke it down correctly last week. This is no longer an Austin and Olivia problem. This is a Taylor and Olivia problem and a Shep and Austin problem. They yep. need to figure it out separately. They don't need to come together, and we'll see that play out later. But I do think for that situation, for what Shep was talking about, one, him saying, I love women and I get it, that's him being very true. It is. That is him being true to a fault. And in that moment, he's saying that, and I fully believe him. I understand that's 100% what he's saying. true. And with that being said, two things come from this. One... His friends have always been above any relationship that he's ever been in. All of them. Mm. Except for Craig now with Paige. This is the first time that we're seeing any of the three of them in a relationship where they are putting the girl that they're dating ahead of their friends. Sure. They always have that weird incestual friendship going on that they can never they can never do anything wrong. They're always going to support their boys no matter what happens, even if it means that they're going against their girlfriends, which we have condemned them for in the past. We're seeing this happen now in a much different way. He's ready to forgive Austin immediately, and he does not want to lose Austin as a friend because where is Shep without a friend? Shep just went on a, on a solo journey to Australia and South Africa and then back. He was sad. He came home, and he's like, I'm, I'm excited to be home. I haven't seen my friends in so long. You see Austin wake up in the morning, and he says, I feel like I haven't seen my friends in so long. Like, I've got nothing to do. You're out of town. Shep's over in Africa. I just don't know what to do with myself. Without their friendship, none of them can really do a whole lot. So he's afraid to lose Austin as a friend. And the best part, he now feels vindicated. But that's soft. I get sorry. that. It's just so, like you it can't, is. It is soft. And I don't understand. Like just because you're afraid to be lonely, you're going to just flat out forgive a guy that we see him battle with this throughout the episode. When yeah. he's reminded of the fact that they kissed, he's like, God, I really hate thinking about it. It's like, because you're not over it. Craig highlights it perfectly. He's like, you need to address this because it's going to blow up. And again, emotionally intelligent Craig. Thank you, sir. But it's a great point. Like, you can't sidestep it and push it down because you're afraid to be alone. Like, that's fucking That's also going to give Austin more power, too. I agree. If you do not strike down with the power of a thousand suns, <laughs> then he's going to say, wow, Shep was really cool about that. I wonder if that means that I can actually have a relationship with Taylor. Right. It that's what's going open. to happen. That's the byproduct. And look, I mean, we've never really seen Shep just get visibly angry with any of them to the point where I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. Oh no. He even, gets angry even for, last year when he got that, angry yeah. last year because Austin outed him for hooking up with a girl in North Carolina when right. they were visiting somebody in Charlotte. But he's coming back now and this is a real reason to get angry with one of your friends that he doesn't take that opportunity. Austin is a dog. 
We say this all the time, sometimes in a loving way, sometimes in a mean way. He is a golden retriever. If yep. you do not correct that action, he's just going to go right back and do it again. <laughs> That's really good. Well, let's keep moving. Uh, this is where we get your boy JT. And why does he have such... Like, you are not involved in this, buddy. You have no oh, but he's good room for the show. to talk. This is I, I said this. He was not great this episode. And I don't understand. It's like, hey, scorned little boy. She doesn't like you. Just because you continue to try to be her knight in shining armor, like, are we really going to just let this go? If they choose to, yeah, JT, because it's none of your fucking business. And the fact that you now want to get mad at Austin for lying to you, you're not part of the crew. Craig can be mad at Austin. Shep can be mad at Austin for the lie. JT, he doesn't owe you anything, pal. You're not involved in this scenario. So, like, go sip on your bottle. Go sit in the corner and take a few plays off. This is where I got frustrated with him because, again, and I agreed. As soon as he started talking about bro code again, I'm like, you don't know bro code. And if you have to keep saying bro code, it just shows that you're not down. So you need to shut up. Stop getting involved in this. And I can even hear Craig's tone. It's almost like Craig's just like, yeah, 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 like listening to what JTS, yeah. like just kind of humoring him. Like, yeah, I know. It's kind of fucked up. But, like, it's really none of your business at the end of the day. You're not part of this. So... That, I agree, was that was a tough scene. Also, isn't it against bro code to invite a bro's ex-girlfriend to Europe so that Absolutely. you can potentially hook up with her? 1, You're plotting on Taylor. You're the biggest issue with the bro code. He is anti-bro code. By going to, the only reason that he didn't violate bro code is because Taylor hooked up with his friend. Mm -hmm. Like, Get over it. You're not, you're out. You're fucking out, buddy. <laughs> but... This is where we get Leva and Olivia at the brunch. And this scene was tough to watch because it's like foreshadowing. It's like they're talking about, you know, if you found out that anything did happen, what would that do? And Olivia's like, I, I would be done at that point. Like, I'd be done. We already know that more happened at this point. So we're just kind of listening to these two go back and forth. And this is why I like Olivia. Because in this moment, she has every reason in the world to be like, you know what, Taylor, you lied to me about... Whatever relationship you two had, her and Austin, you weren't forthcoming about it. Like, Olivia has every right to be angry just at that alone, kiss aside. But she's still trying to find a way to work it out, and not in a Shep way, where it's like, I just want everyone to get along. It's more so like, I really care about Taylor, and I, I thought that we had a connection. I want to figure out a way to like move past this. However, I'm really hurt, and I don't know if I can. And if one more thing comes out, I'm fucking done. Yeah, that's a reasonable response. And that's why I like Olivia. She's She's got her shit together. And like clockwork, the next scene is Austin at Taylor's apartment. And um, I couldn't help but just, just that setting alone. And I know it's a show, and I know they probably were like, oh, you can go over here today. But don't, you shouldn't be there. He yeah. shouldn't be in that house. No, just logically speaking, it makes no sense for the very next morning after this happens for you to go over there. Does she deserve a phone call as a heads up? Because sure. we know that they tried to coordinate a lie and Austin completely just threw her under the bus. Oh, he fucking, yes. yeah. He absolutely saw the bus coming, tripped her, and then shoved her into the middle of the bus yes. path. Him going over there makes zero sense. Well, I brought you a six-pack of Trop Pop. Taylor having a beer in the morning, wild. Not sure what's going on there. What do you mean? <laughs> I know exactly what's going on. She's spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> Even, Even Austin's Austin surprised. I know. He's like, whoa, whoa, what? Oh, you're going to have one. so funny, but he has to go over there. Like, she deserves a phone call. We should have a FaceTime coordination going on here. 
Let her know what you told Shep last night because you know how this friend group works. Everybody's going to know what happened. Obviously, you then told Madison and you told Craig. Everybody now knows what happened within a couple of hours. So I actually looked back and thinking, somebody probably told Leva what happened too. So when she's sitting there with Olivia, she made the business decision. This is not my place to tell I you agree. what happened. I think she knew but that. Yeah. Watching her reaction to everything that Olivia was saying, the way that she was probing with her questions, it seemed like Leva was not letting on as much as she actually knew. And that and that's just who Leva is. And we've seen that in the past too. And I respect her for it. But Austin going over to Taylor's was wild. And it was like, I got flashbacks of um, Sandoval going over to Raquel's where yeah, the dog comes right? over and starts sniffing him. He's like, hey, buddy. It's like, yeah. oh, he knows you. Yeah, he knows that dog. That, same thing with uh, Taylor's dog. Taylor's dog starts running over to Austin. Like, how often are you at her house? Frequently. There's, and, like, I know that we've been discussing how close you guys have gotten as friends and everything, but to the point where I think you're probably there multiple times a week, and she's probably at your house multiple times a week. It's weird. You guys are now caught, and you're still repeating the same behavior. It's going to blow up in their faces in one way or another. Well, they deserve it Even to more than face. it has. It's just... And Olivia says this later to Austin. She's like, I don't know how she hasn't seen you for who you are. Look, is Austin good for Bravo TV? Yeah. Does he push the drama? Is he entertaining? Is he fun to watch in like, like a happy way sometimes? Yeah. Like when he's with the boys or when he's in his element and not being an asshole? Yes. He's all of those things. He's also just a dirtbag, man. And he's so selfish. Like but, uh, uh, Taylor has seen him in his element. I agree. She's seeing no, it in real I time know. closer than anybody else she, has seen but it. But she's looking through it. She's naive. She, exactly. We've seen her in the past with, with Shep. Shep. She was super naive the entire relationship. She let a lot of transgressions go. She let a lot of things go without like looking deeper into them or having any sort of discussion with Shep. And we used to rip her apart for doing that mm -hmm. because you're not asking any questions. You're afraid to know the answers to. You're letting Austin play this exactly how he wants. And Austin, look, for what he is, he doesn't really have much of a plan. He got pressed, and in that situation, he did not lie to Shep, which, you know, kudos-ish, I guess. No, not kudos because of how he set it up with, because Taylor, the only reason, I believe this firmly, the only reason Taylor didn't come clean to Olivia is because Austin was in her ear like, no, 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 you can't yeah. say anything. They said, she said that. No, I know, yeah. but I'm saying like. She even the, used the word script. I agree. It's crazy. I know, it's not a reality TV show. <laughs> I know, I thought the same thing. But Austin has no issue breaking that code, and like he literally, after telling her, yeah, I did that, I totally threw you under the bus, the next thing he says is, but I've never felt more liberated. Good for you, dude. She's up Shit's Creek without a paddle, but you feel fine because Shep doesn't give a shit because Shep's weird. So you get a jet, like you get a get-out-of-jail-free card because Shep is an asshole. Yep. Meanwhile, Olivia, who has a good head on her shoulders, is never going to come back around to Taylor because you ruined that chance. Had Taylor in the beginning said, you know what? We were drunk. We kissed. As soon as it happened, I knew it was a mistake. It never happened again. There's a chance for reconnecting there. But now that she's doubled down and lied to her face twice, I don't know if you can reconnect there. And that is solely because of Austin. He's the only yeah. reason that that didn't happen. And Olivia and Taylor being friends was just convenience. I don't think that they make a whole lot of sense as actual friends for the reasons that you just laid out, where yeah. Olivia actually has They're a good head people. on her shoulders. Taylor just kind of does what she says, or just kind of does what somebody else says. And that's where she is. And right now we're just stuck in a vicious cycle of everyone's afraid to lose their friend or someone that they're close to in this situation. So they're not doing anything worse. They're not getting mad at each other. They're just kind of taking it. And even in that moment, like you just said, 
where Austin says out loud, I feel liberated right now, which is crazy to say to the person that you just admitted that you threw under the bus. She didn't get mad about it. She did point out, well, I'm I'm glad glad you're liberated, liberated. but I don't. Now I feel like I'm in a terrible spot and I don't know what to do because I just lied to my best friend right to her face. It's not going to work out. You can't keep all of your friends. And that's pretty much, I feel like that entire episode was just about everybody trying to smooth things over instead of just facing the real facts. I agree. And the next scene, we're at Whitney and Patricia's house. And this is where we get a weird drop in from Whitney, or I guess Patricia's the one that brings the light, about a nudie pic from Taylor to Whitney. A la Ken Vanderpump. A la, yeah, exactly. That was pretty <laughs> much a Ken moment right there. But. I'm so confused about the premise of this, and it looks like they're going to get into it more next week. But, like, he says it was a joke, and it says, come one, come all, is the caption. Who else said that explicitly no less than five minutes later? Oh. Shep said it to Craig on the bench. He said, I'm way more of a come one, come all type of person. think she said it to him, too? Maybe, but I don't know, because the timeline is obviously going to be skewed. We don't know how long ago she sent the nudie to Whitney. It sounds like she sent it to a lot of guys. Probably on Snapchat, which, you know, do what you're going to do. You want to do that? It's kind of a very weird caption to put on a new picture of yourself. We don't have to get into that. No. But. No kink shaming here. For her to say in the caption, come one, come all. And then as soon as Craig's talking to Shep about his pheasant party, I'm way more of like a come one, come all kind of guy. I don't really want anything to I didn't pick get any troubles. That. It was crazy. I, it blew my mind when he said that. And it was no, it was the very next scene. Well, I'm sick, so I'm not picky. I'm not nearly No, it's okay. I got you. Appreciate it. But we get this scene with Craig and Shep, and they're getting drinks. And this is where, you know, we hear from Shep's side. He's like, you don't want to talk more about mother and son sharing nudes? Oh, wait. Yeah, no, great call. So again, I'm sick. (laughs) You got to pull me. You got to reel me in. Yeah, wait. What the fuck? What a weird, bizarre thing to say. Like, in what world? And by the way, it's actually not all that surprising because of like it's not it wasn't surprising aristocrat at all. like nepo baby like mommy look at this picture that this I don't sent I don't think he showed her the picture I think he mentioned Taylor sent me a nude and she had this at the bottom no she saw the picture you think she saw the thousand percent she saw the picture I thought she I think she said in the scene that she didn't see the actual picture bullshit he you, showed you, her you that picture think, yeah because yeah, look I love those two for what they are now it took me a long time to get there. But if you don't think some weird shit happens behind those doors, you are stoned. All right. Like any, I just assume that about like old money families across the world. Like just, there's weird shit. There's definitely some weird shit going on there. You know what I mean? Illuminati, diamond, right? Is that what it is? The diamond or the temple? I think it's the temple. The eye of the eye. Yeah. There you go. Don't come after us. We don't have that much money. (laughs) (laughs) But Shep and Craig are getting drinks and, um, Craig's upset with Austin, rightfully so. And Shep's like, well, man, like it's not that big of a deal. Like He apologized, and he manned up, and he told the truth. It's like he manned up and told the truth because you backed him into a corner. Yes. That was not a righteous move. Second, he has lied about this for months, like half of a year, to Craig's face, to your face, Shep, to everybody in the group's face. That is, There's no reprieve from that. And that's what bugs me about these people is because... You don't get a pass because you're emotional about it in the moment. Austin's really good at turning it on when he wants to, but that's not genuine. And that doesn't give you a freebie to be a douchebag for six months, act like it's the most emotionally traumatizing thing in the world that you fucked your friends over. And then you have this breakdown in front of them. You're like, I can't live my life without you. I can't. You just 
throw out these massive words and massive claims that you can't possibly go on without these people. Meanwhile, in the moment when you can make a choice to not fuck yourself over and not fuck your friends over, you do the wrong thing every single time. And thank God, Craig's like, no, we see this. This is a pattern with him. Austin finds out that he fucked up. He gets mad at people because he wants a medal for coming clean about it after he gets caught. And he gets away with it time and time again. And it's getting so frustrating to watch. And that's where I go back and forth on Austin. Again, good for TV? Yes, undeniable. But the fact that he gets passes over and over and over again, I'm ready for somebody to actually check this motherfucker, to actually grab him by the scruff of his shirt and be like, if you do this again, I'm going to punch you in the teeth. Because you need to stop stepping on people's toes, stop involving yourself in other relationships, and stop being a dog. The fact that we can call him a dog three years in a row, dude. Yeah. Three years in a row. Like, fucking grow up. Well said. Thank you. Way to go. I don't know how that There's a lot of sick energy there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. And you know that I always like to point out when I see certain things, they're definitely sponsored by Jeep. We see Wagoneers pull up, boom, 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 because Craig pulls up in a Wagoneer and I was like, ooh, that's a really nice car. Then Austin pulls up in a Wagoneer, and he gets out of the back. I'm like, oh, they're just sponsored by Jeep. So they're sponsored by Jeep and Buick. I think, are they are they the same umbrella company? No. Are you sure they're not both GM or something? Uh, Buick is. But Jeep is Jeep not? not? Jeep is Chrysler. You can't tell me that they all pull up in Wagoneers separately. They do, not. but in the first episode, you made it a point. Shep pulled up in that Buick, and they Shep zoomed is, in. I you think Shep personally is sponsored by Buick? Oh, I'd love to know that. That would be funny. They have individual car sponsorships. I don't, I don't think that it crosses over to production, but I don't know. Pick a lane. Figure out what car you want to have I sponsored. Like the Wagoneers better. The Wagoneers are way better. Yeah, they're really pretty. I don't like Jeep people. Jeeple. Um, but the whole premise of this dinner is crazy. It's bizarre. And this is this is what I was saying about like weird things that happen in these kinds of families. Yep. Like, in no world should you be inviting all of these people to your friend's house, by the way. You're not even going to, like, I guess it's a neutral site. That's the least you could say about it. 
but why are you going to these people's house for this pheasant dinner? Just because this man can cook, have him at your house or have him at Craig's house. Have him at anybody else's house. Don't go bring this drama into Caleb and whatever that lady's name is. And they were weird, too. I want to say Lisa. I don't know. They gave me the heebie-jee. The whole situation. Why did they give you the heebie-jee piece? Honestly, bro, it looked like a scene from Get Out. Like, just that, the, the, those, that family, like, just hanging out and everything, and it was bizarre. I do agree that it doesn't make any sense why you would allow, or why we, why you would welcome that craziness into your know. house. It's weird. But who they want to be on TV, and then it's just Probably creepy. the TV thing, but it also seems like maybe they were childhood friends, and Caleb's not on the show, and I don't know, there's some shit going on there. Well, regardless, we get to see Taylor get there and little Craig's like all over and like Shep's crying. And this is where I'm reminded. I'm like, you don't get to cry and act like, oh, I just miss her. You cheated on her. To your point, credit where credit's due. In his confessional, he's like, I don't miss being in a relationship. I miss being close to Taylor and Craig. Yes. So, all right. At least he's self-aware in that regard where he's not like, I just miss us. And he just misses. I, I think connection. it was a fake cry, too, by the way. Probably. Was, yeah. He was just wiping his eyes. Yeah, probably. Only I only know that because Paige was looking at him while he was doing it, and Paige had a slight smirk on. By the way, how fucking happy is Paige? That she's here during all of this. Oh my god, dude! She's a Her, kid in a candy shop. Exactly. She's so excited to be there. She's talking to Austin. She gets to look over and see what Taylor's doing. She gets to spy on Taylor and Olivia's conversation. She is loving it. And she also knows, like, I'm happy for. Her. She can't get drug into this in any way. She, no, she's yeah. completely clean and absolved of all. Which of is these so things. funny because in the first episode, there was a possibility where the women were going to go after Paige because yeah, they think that, little... that she didn't like them. Right. And we have nothing from that no, because this has overshadowed everything. She sidestepped it completely. Maybe it'll come back at the end of the season because I do want that to be a, a good focal point towards the end because it'll help us and also maybe even help Paige and Craig focus on their relationship and where you want to be. And well, are you going to be part of this group or no? I think it's important to get her involved in this group for Craig's sake. Yeah. Because even when they're talking about the drama at Craig's house before the party, she just seems disinterested. So I'm glad when she gets there, she's like, ooh, this is pretty juicy. Mm-hmm. And she starts to, then we get more out of Paige. Look, right now, Southern Charm is way better than Summer House. So, oh, absolutely. Although maybe next year, might be a little, ooh. Yeah, I don't know. This next a, season's going to be a little dicey. We got a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. Took yeah. a second, but we got there. The conversation with Shep and Taylor doesn't need to happen. It really does not. And I think that that, kind of shows you that this is not an issue between the two of them because Shep tries to say that he has a problem with it and like you really mean to tell me in this day and age like all you did was kiss she's like you told me all you did was kiss the girls out in Texas or whatever and he's like good point good point like and they I like that Taylor didn't back down I feel like that conversation for us needed to happen because it needs to put Shep in his place because like I said earlier he feels like he's in a position of power right now he feels like he he's does vindicated Taylor did something that's way worse than what he did during the relationship, even though he cheated on her with multiple women and lied to her face the entire time. I don't think it's way worse. You don't think it's... I, I think his is way worse. His is way worse. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah, think yeah. his is way worse because he betrayed the trust of the relationship yes, yeah, yeah. to someone who he was crying about seeing his dog again, whatever. But I think that the conversation does need to happen because you get to see Shep's true intentions. He is coming from a position of power in his own head right now. He now has an in back to Taylor. He can nag her a little bit, say that she did something wrong because he was never able to do that during the relationship yeah. because he was always the one who was doing something wrong. He feels like he can do this and maybe in a sick, twisted way, it'll bring him and Taylor closer together where they'll be friends and he can watch her play with his dog at some point in time. Instead, she shuts that shit down right away and says, no, 
you did this to me and said that you only kissed other women. You didn't. We know you didn't. So get it out of my face with this shit. But she was still receptive to a lot of things. And I even saw a hand on the back as he walked away. So but the weird part at the end of it, she's like, this isn't like a pass for you to go like sleep with whoever. It's like, whoa, whoa. That made no sense to me. No, that didn't, you don't get yeah. to say that. He can go out and sleep he with whoever can, he wants. Yeah. You have no say in the matter. You can't say it. It still upsets me. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter regardless of the Austin situation, but now that you have made out with his best friend, like you really have no say. Yes. He's allowed to do with whomever he wants to. But except maybe your mom. But um <laughs> Olivia arrives and I felt so bad for her when she walked in that door. Because she blindsided. One, yeah, doesn't know what she's walking into. Two, why, Shep? Why is this a good idea? Like, I just, this is where I legitimately started to feel, like, creepy and gross, and I didn't get the premise of it all, and the conversation between Olivia and Taylor happens in the middle of the living room? Take her somewhere else, man. That was, I think that's more on Taylor, because she knows what the contents of the conversation are It's definitely are going on Taylor. Be. I'm just saying, like, yeah, in, I'm talking I, I don't about blame everybody. Shep for that. Yeah, it's really, everybody else knows except for Olivia, which... Always sucks. Especially walking Taylor into a room. did try to talk about it and wanted to do it in person, and Olivia wasn't receptive to it. But again, Olivia does not understand what's going to happen. She probably thinks it's just going to be more smoothing it over, smoothing it over. There's no new information. Okay, cool. You are putting her in this corner. Taylor stops and says, let's try to get this conversation over with right away. I want to have it face-to-face. And instead of saying, let's go outside. Or in another room. They go five feet away from everybody else. Like, you need to understand what's going on here and what you're going to say and prepare for a reaction that might be fucking outlandish. Rightfully so. Instead, you do it five feet away so that everybody can ease in. Everybody can hear everything that's going on. And I think that's fully on Taylor. I don't know what Shep's supposed to do in that situation, but we'll get to the Shep at the end of the dinner, of course. I'll tell you what Shep should not do. He should not walk into the room when they're having the conversation and say, guys, everybody's okay. Dinner's ready. It would be better if everybody sat down with their dinner and maybe Olivia or Taylor looked over and saw everybody sitting down and made a decision. Let's table it and go back to dinner. Or... We can take this somewhere else away from the dinner, and then we'll come down and eat later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Shep should not have stepped in there. No, and then you have to forcibly watch these people sit down and eat. Taylor is sitting next to Olivia at the table, which is so funny. Next to Olivia and Shep. And Shep, I know, which is crazy. But the dinner, again, we see Austin's true colors. Austin is the victim now. I don't understand how you can talk to everybody else, but you can't talk to me. She doesn't owe you a fucking thing, bro. She doesn't have you to talk to you. dated for three months. I'm so tired of this I shit. I know. One, you it's dated so for three dumb. months. Two, you're the one that fucked this up. If yeah. she wants to sit at the end of the table and act like you don't exist, that's her prerogative. She doesn't have to give you the time of day. You're gross. She is not. And I'm so glad that when they went outside together and Austin tries to do his stupid puppy dog thing where he backpedals and says, I can't possibly live without you. I need you as a friend. Where was this energy for the past few months? And I'm glad she pointed that out. If her friendship was so important to you, why were you not trying to pursue that friendship before to smooth it over? Now that you got caught with your pants down, now it's a priority for you to make things okay. But in the past, it didn't matter. All he's trying to do is smooth it over, exonerate himself so they can move forward, and he doesn't feel guilty. That's narcissistic behavior. It is. so concerned about himself that he can't see, oh, this is probably done done because I'm gross. I fucked her over 16 different ways. And the cherry on top, as Olivia points out, 
is the makeout with Taylor and then the lies for six months. I'll just never understand the energy to date a girl for a couple of months, be an asshole to her, completely play with her feelings at the end of everything, and then say a couple months later, I just really need you. I feel like we were meant to be friends. Yeah, what, what a, a, a weird sentence. That's a bizarre I, sentence. Could you ever imagine feeling that about somebody that you knew for a couple of months? Like you went on a fucking cruise or something and you met a guy there and he was a really cool dude. And you guys had like a bunch of great nights, kissed a little bit, got him sick. You know how it goes. Oh, but, me? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of it all, you text him and say, I feel like we're really meant to be friends. Like it's fucking weird behavior. It's bizarre. It's bizarre behavior. It's bizarre to do well, with it's, anybody. It's weird behavior of people. People of like the same sex, let alone another girl when you're a straight guy that you dated. It makes no sense. Like, I really liked what I got to know through those three months that we were dating. And I feel like we'd just be better as friends, but like really good friends that like, you know what? To be best. Maybe sometimes we're drunk and like we hook up. Like, I, I just don't understand any of it. It just, when he said that, I audibly laughed. I did because too. Because it's, it's just goofy. I it's sick weird chuckled. Behavior. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking crazy. It makes no sense to me. I hope he gets exposed this season. I hope that like none of this shit works. The only person I don't want coming after him is JT. I don't need to hear it. And again, I think he's good for the show, but I think he needs to pick a different lane. You better be careful with that good for the show thing. Yeah. You had an opportunity to just kind of get out of it. Now you're talking about it again. It's a dangerous game. I'll play it. I'll Give play this ammo. game. I think he will. That's the other thing. I think JT will try to insert himself now. Oh, now that his role is done, he did what he had to do. He's still on the show, weirdly. He's talking to Craig. He's going to make this about him. We're going to get some Angie K moments. Right in the middle. Uh, it, yes, Angie K moments, indeed. And bops in out of nowhere. What? <laughs> I think we're overdue for a Southern Charm fight. I think we need an actual brawl, not the fucking uh, Craig and Austin thing that we were supposed to get last year where it oh, looked the like they wrestling. were fighting. And then they were just wrestling because they were really drunk. And Craig wasn't that drunk. But, well, no, Craig was actually way drunker. That's kind of what they build it up to. We're overdue for a, a good old-fashioned Southern fight. A little scuffle, some fisticuffs. Yeah, a little fisticuffs. Yeah, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. I'm not Nobody wishing death on anybody. Yeah, nobody, nobody gets, gets hurt. hurt. No hospitals. Maybe like a it's shiner. Just, yeah, a couple shiners. That's you it. Know? It's good. By the way, is. for bros, if we're going to talk bro code and stuff, sometimes it's all you need is a little scuffle, a yep. couple of black eyes, and you move on. Maybe that's what the show needs. And now I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about Manscaped. Finding an electric trimmer is nearly impossible, honestly. Sometimes you just go into it haphazardly, not knowing what the hell you want. You get 15 little devices to add to the top of it. You want different levels of hair. You want this and that. I don't really use a ruler to figure out how many millimeters of hair I have. You know what I'm talking about? And look, I'm not just talking about beard hair. I'm talking about hair on top of your head. I'm talking about that unwanted body hair. Manscaped can help you out. It makes a lot of sense. It's easy because we are dumb. They explain things in ways that make sense to us. And if you're looking for something that's really going to help you out, Manscaped now has the Performance Package 4.0, and it is a game changer. Inside that package, you're going to find their lawnmower, great name for a beard trimmer, 4.0, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, and many more things that you can put on this device that's really going to make you feel a lot better, and it's going to give you a little bit more confidence. And that's what we want when you're trimming that unwanted body hair. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BRAVBROS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BRAVBROS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
But that takes us to Roni, and this is the season finale. So I feel like it's been somewhat of a roller coaster. I will say I thoroughly enjoyed the season. I think that it started off great. I think it lulled a little in the middle. I think there's a lot of things, a lot of positive things to grow from, and I think it's a great first season. I feel like people are still, still, still holding on to the bring the OGs back. You stopped watching them. All right. I'm sick of this argument. I'm so done with it. I saw it today because someone like posted, how do you feel about the season's wrapped? So many people are like, bring back the OGs. You stopped watching them. Get over it. They maybe weren't they, working. They, maybe they were one of the five that were still watching. Well, I, I don't know because it was like 15 comments. You stopped watching okay. Dorinda. You stopped watching Sony. You stopped watching your favorites. Show shut up about it. Seriously. Move the fuck on. That is not Stalker what this show energy. is. They're probably it's just annoying. Yeah. Like It's such a baseless argument. It's just frustrating. It's just a bunch of people that have no time, or sorry, all the time on their all hands. All the time, yeah. And they're just throwing this crap out there. It's like, give the show a shot. Stop watching it from the lens of or comparing. Just don't watch it. You or know what? Like, watch, if you feel that it. weird about it, that you need the OGs back and you're, you don't want to watch it, don't spread your stupid hate all over the internet. It's Nobody annoying, cares man. what you have to say. It's just annoying. But they care what we have to say. <laughs> Stop it. Influencers. I can't. I don't have the energy to We're fight back you. again, baby. I will say I did feel like this, what? That, that was like a intro. I like that. Oh, yeah. No, I will say that I do feel like this episode in particular, completely forgot it was the season finale. Yeah. There was no substance to this it episode. wasn't like a major like bang at the end like oh, usually they usually, come in hot or yeah. they or they smooth it right like you get one of the two it's either kind of like, smoothed and then it ended really, on a though. hot note and then it wasn't a hot note and it ended kind of sad actually with Britain. but anyway let's just get into the episode why don't you start us off over there chief all right well taking your intro energy that's i like it i need that kind of support tonight uba and aaron are doing bumper cars and it's weird and this is kind of aaron's mo like she says she feels bad about pavit but then she starts poking holes in Pavit's response. And this goes back to when they were at Swingers and they were saying, you know, why do you love your spouse or what's your favorite thing about your spouse? And she is stuck on the fact that Pavit said, I can do whatever I want. That's not what he said. And we've seen a clip of it over and over again. I get that they won't see that until the show airs. And I hope they bring it up at the reunion because that's not what he said. And I'm so glad that, and this is where Uba takes all of the steps back. Like I know... She had a couple of episodes where I was like, so-so. Yeah, it was just the Anguilla stuff. That's all. Anguilla, dude. No. That's actually what it's called. Don't care. Okay. But she's back in my good graces by far because she just makes sense. She's like, it's nobody's business to talk about this. Like, I, I don't understand why you need to poke holes in it. And also, that's the most loving thing you can say. I love this person because they let me be me. And I was like, fuck yeah, Uba. Not only did she do that, she also compared it to herself and made it like a personal thing. Yeah. Saying that that's exactly what she would like to find. And even in her confessional, she didn't understand. And this is something that we were talking about for weeks. Loser energy is when you have to poke holes and meddle in other people's relationships. Fact. Leave them alone. Nobody cares. Stop bringing it up. But we do find out that Uba did not appreciate David's line of questioning about her, you know, needing a man or her... Why are you not married? Why are you not in a relationship? Whatever. That's where we get the little clip of her leaking the sigh. Like, hey, I do have a man. He lives in Connecticut. I'm keeping it on the down low. I don't want anybody to blow up my spot. Which will come back and blow up her spot in about 30 minutes. But moving on from there, we get Jessel and Bryn, who are also out in Central Park. And they are going to get a tree for Mimi. And I just like pointing out these scenes because I think they're sweet. And I think that it's interesting 
that Sai can connect with Bryn, and we do see a softer side. It's I not see that. It's not like soft and squishy and like sweet, but it is softer than we're used to. Like you can tell that she doesn't like to open up, but I'm glad that at least in this moment, and I'm not giving Sai any passes. I think that she still is brutal, but it's there. Like if she can explore that a little bit more, I think she would have done herself so many favors this season. And it might be too little too late. Honestly, if they don't bring her back, I'm fine with it. I I'm fully fine with that. My thought during this pretty much alluding to exactly what you just talked about. I kind of feel like I understand Jessel a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe Jessel understands that Cy treats people that she can relate to a little bit better than the people that she can't relate to. Oh, so she makes an yes, effort so to relate. Yes, so she's making an effort to try to relate wow. to Cy. And I might be completely off on no, this. I think that But during that, you can see that Cy actually cared what Britain was talking about. She even brought something up about the ducks that I completely forgot about when yeah, she was talking about me before. She brought up the ducks and right oh, immediately Brynn goes, I really appreciate that. Thank you for pointing out the ducks. Cy can be considerate, but she has this weird like speed bump to get into that point of her life i guess to be considerate that you have to relate with her on a different level and she said as much in the confessional i feel like Bryn and i have gone through a lot of similar things we've had a similar path and i can relate to her a little bit more so i do feel when she talks about those things you can feel for everybody you do not have to relate to people on a core level to understand how they feel it's called being empathetic she's not really empathetic she is exclusively empathetic no oh, and i feel like that's where she is and i feel like that's why jessel was trying to relate to her because she understands maybe a little bit more than what we've seen through side the entire season she gets i need to be able to relate to her for her to like me that's what i was trying to do and it blew up in her face which sucks but it's really because Sai is kind of an asshole but moving on jessel's doing a photo shoot she's starting an e-commerce company that I believe that they ship ready-to-wear jewelry and accessories from the Middle East or around the world, or at least to the U.S., and they are... Middle East and India. Is that what it was? To around the world, yeah. Okay. And she's doing a photo shoot at Jenna's apartment, which I fucking love Jenna's apartment, and I don't think Jenna's coming back next year, and that makes me sad. Uba gets there and has to walk up a billion stairs in heels because the elevator's broken, and we get a chat between Uba and Jessela, and they're talking about... The Bryn and Jenna conversation. And now we saw that the other night where they were all at Jessel's and Pavitt was there. And Uba just points out, you know, Aaron's still talking shit about Pavitt and about like what was said at the dinner at Swingers. And Jessel finally is like, you know what? I'm just over it. I'm over it. And Uba agrees. Like marriage and relationships are off limits and weak people fight that way. Yep. I think that's perfectly said because if you compare like just looking at the interactions right who's more insecure jessel and pavitt or abe and aaron you already know the answer to abe that. and aaron like leaps and bounds watching them interact it's like who are you trying to convince each other or us when i watch jessel and pavitt i'm like that's a couple that is a I married couple that's those are best friends absolutely yes that they razz each other like did i give jessel shit in the beginning of the year because i didn't care for how she was talking to pavitt i did I stand by that. I think it was just, I think it was nervous energy now that I'm It looking. might have been. I stand yeah. by it. She was being too rude to him. But what we've seen in recent episodes, like, yeah, that's a real relationship. They take a couple of digs here and there, but they clearly support each other. Should Pavitt say that size bipolar? No. Should he call her a fucking bitch? No. But at the same time, he's defending his girl. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Don't really care. Honestly. Like, if you want to say that about someone that's talking nothing but shit about your wife, yeah, fuck it. 
I'm not going to throw him against the wall for saying that she's bipolar or calling her a bitch. She was being a bitch. He's standing up for his wife. Nobody else is. It's just frustrating. It's really frustrating because we have to keep hearing about it from this other crew of Aaron and Cy. And I think, and we talk about this in the past, where they don't see what's happening until the end of the year. Right. I think that Cy and Aaron think they are fucking killing it. Cy at least has been true to herself, I feel like, this entire season. Aaron has been on a roller coaster. Oh, she's up and she's down. She's gone left, right. from, but if you really think back in the beginning of the season, Aaron was the one who was being trampled on by Cy at every fucking turn. She finally got to a point where Cy is not coming after her anymore because Cy has a new target. Cy's the bully of the group. I she's mean, we can all agree to that. Now. She's the bully of the group, and people mistake bullies for being cool. Aaron is doing that with Cy right now. She's finally in her good graces. And look, I, I think that the parrot comment was funny last week. Yeah. I think the way they handled it at the end of the episode was hilarious. But in this in-between thing, Aaron is in denial. You are echoing everything that Cy is saying because you want her fucking Literally. gratitude. Literally everything that Cy has said, you then spewed over to Uba. You didn't have those thoughts before you talked to Cy, before Cy voiced her opinion on what Jessel was doing. You then carried it over to Uba, who checked you, and you didn't know what to do. Lo and behold, it's because it wasn't your original thought. You're just carrying a thought over to another person. You got shit for it, and you don't know what to do. Agreed. But during this scene where they're costume shopping together, that's where the pet parrot thing comes up again, like you said. And Aaron brings up the side that Uba's not thrilled with David's comment about the uh, about her needing to date somebody or whatever. And Cy goes on the defense of David. But you can tell this struck a nerve a little bit because she goes on David's defense at first and she's like, he compliments all of my friends. And sometimes I'm like, hey, David, like, I'm right here. And I'm like, yeah, because he's saying way too many nice things to Uba in front of you. That's fucking weird. You should have an issue with that. Not with Jessalyn Pavitt, but whatever. But she doesn't like that Uba said that because the next thing she does is immediately turn into a little snitch and she rats Uba out and says, well, yeah, she's, she's fine, by the way. She's dating somebody. It's like, yo, you can't do that. That is 100% snitch behavior. And, and we you see know it right in the ass later. Super funny about that. Jessel's not allowed to defend Pavitt, but you're allowed to defend him. No, uh-huh. it just makes no sense. It's super hypocritical. And I love that size in the middle of this. And Me we too, get to man. see her squirm and try to spin out of it, try to blame other people and try to get mad at the wrong person. You fucked up, dude. You got to own it. You got to own it. And she keeps saying, man, then she, as soon as she says it, she knows too. And she's like, but it's a, it's a vault. And here we go. We got the Heather Dubrow vault. Yep, again. We got a vault. It's like, it's a vault, and I can't tell you. It's like, no, no, you've yeah, said you enough, can't man. Start. You've already said it. Like, all you have. It also, to matter. Aaron, somebody who has proven to just immediately turn around and tell somebody else. Oh, yeah. Like, the worst person you could possibly tell is Aaron. And then Aaron takes issue that Uber didn't tell her. It's like, why does everyone get butt hurt about little things like that? Like, it's not. Who cares? Well, I do. Uh, from a viewer standpoint, I do have a problem with both Uba and Jenna not sharing their significant others on the I show. Agree, I agree with you. You signed that. up for that. You no, no, can't no. hide personal details of your life if you're dating somebody. And look, I understand that maybe the significant other doesn't want to be on TV. It's early on, whatever might be happening. But you can do it in a way that's nice. You can say, hey, I've been dating a guy. Talk to your friends in private and just kind of disclose a little bit of information on TV. They just try to hide both things, and I have an issue with that. I I completely agree there. I'm saying, because Aaron's not upset that Uba didn't share it oh, on no. TV. She's yeah. upset that she didn't share it with her personally. Yes. And I'm like, what? 
two weeks ago, she was going to punch you in the face and took your sunglasses off of your face right. because you took her phone. Yes. You think she's going to share personal details with you? Correct. That's where I... I it was also a funny. really dumb misstep by Uba to even tell Sai in the first place. It was. That is... you. I know you just said that Aaron's probably the last person. Sai is by far the last person in this group that I would tell I any information. I think Sai to. was going was gonna to rat. And then she did. I was like, damn, I wasn't sure dude. she was going to rat, but I figured she would use that against her. So if Uba that had I issues... And she tried to call Sai out for something, she would immediately turn around and but use that against her. That's the funny thing is like what Uba said is not that damning, Mm-mm. and it came out immediately. So yeah. imagine if she had said some actually mean shit, Sai probably would have told the entire story of who this guy was. But before Bryn's B day, we get a quick scene with Jessel and Pavit, and uh, Jessel's got that raspy voice, which Bryn has already commented like, "Ooh, that voice is like sexy. You got that sexy rasps going on." She asked Pavit. Like, hey, like, do I sound sexy? He's like, uh, do I have to answer that? Yeah. It's like, you can humor her sometimes, bud. Yeah. But it's funny. But, but she again, left. But again, real, yes. right? Funny. Connection. Love. Yeah, like, love. Fuck. Friendship. <laughs> like, all the Understanding. Things. Jesus Christ. But, but that just goes to show you exactly what he said at Swingers. She right. allows me to be my dumb self. I right. get to go on a trip to fucking Vietnam to go. Oh, I keep saying Vietnam. Uh, no, I said Thailand last it week. Vietnam. It was Vietnam. Damn it. I get to go on a trip to Vietnam to use miles and have a fucking sandwich and come home, and she's not going to give me shit for it because she just lets me be myself. That's him being himself. That's their relationship in a nutshell. Yep. Both of us probably had the same reaction to that. Like, come on, dude, just throw her a fucking bone. Just be like, yeah, yeah, you sound great. Instead, she starts laughing. I'm like, I, I don't understand your relationship. It looks nice. I like it. It's genuine. Let's just keep that Very going, happy. and you don't have to listen to me. Exactly. But we get to Bryn's birthday, and... uh the first thing that we see is David like pulls Uba aside and has this like profound conversation where he knows that he messed up. And I hate when people do this. This is a big pet peeve of mine. She's trying to explain to him like why it was upsetting. He goes, oh, I know. I know. It's like, well, if you knew, then you wouldn't have done it in the first place, David. So instead of saying, I know, say, I hear you. Or, okay, that makes sense to me. Like the worst thing you can do when you fuck up is then say, I know, because that just means, all right, then you disregarded it. Yeah. Just flat out be rude because you're an asshole. If like, you knew, then you know that you were being an asshole. Correct. Don't, I hate that. But Uba says it's like a teaching moment. I, I don't think she fucks with David. I, got I, I don't think that so She either. wasn't really into it. Which but You see more once that happens and once Uba calls attention to it. And I know that you and I talked about David's weirdness towards Uba last week before Uba got upset about Did it. Did you this see the week. hug? Yeah, the hug was awkward. And they zoomed but in. Then you start to look at David's interactions with the other women. He's a little creepy. He's a creep. He did it to everyone. He walked, as soon as somebody walked in, he walked in, saw Bryn, gave her a hug. He said, I miss you to Bryn. Weird. 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 I, look, I've got a lot of friends. I've got a lot of friends that have wives. I've never once looked at my friend's wife and said, I miss you. That's inappropriate. I've known your wife for almost 20 years. I've never once told her that I missed her. <laughs> She'd probably appreciate it, you asshole. She probably would, but <laughs> you guys have been who friends. gives a shit? <laughs> Get so over it, Dev. But no, that was that rubbed me the wrong way. And I feel like I, I think I still would have noticed it, but it wouldn't have felt as strange if Uba hadn't pointed out her uncomfortability during that conversation at Swingers. Yeah. Once she points that out, we hone in on those. Oh, little yeah, things. I'm locked in now. Every single woman that walked into that room, David had either a really overbearing compliment or said i miss you to Bryn. weird it's, really weird behavior yeah i don't like him which is funny we, we've completely 180 on abe and david but um 
That's what we do here. We change opinions. Hey. Shitty dudes. They, exactly. Even dudes everywhere are a bad name. Yeah. They should go hang out with JT in Charleston. Uh, <laughs> but Jessel and Pavitt arrive, and she walks up to the girls. And I like this move. She walks up, gives a very, like, ho-hum, like, hey, everybody, like, good to see you, and walks away. No hugs were exchanged. She's not bullshitting anymore. Yeah. And she shouldn't. You put up with a lot of shit from these women. You don't have to play the game every time. Sometimes you can just do that. Nice to see you. I'm going over here with my husband. Kick rocks, everybody. And Aaron immediately has a problem. Aaron, like, walks over and confronts Jessel. And this just shows you, and you talked about it earlier. Aaron has no identity. Aaron does not know who she wants to be on this show. She does not know who she wants to forge her alliance with. She's back and forth between wanting to be part of the mean girls and the tough girls and the cool kids versus the goofy, fun, you know, Jessel side of things, where Jessel seemingly is just trying to be silly and have a good time. Yeah. And she keeps getting thrown under the bus. On the but flip that's side, what Uba said during the bumper cars. Right. This is the Aaron that I love, the one who wants to go out and do funny things and not just cause up drama. This is the Aaron that I want to hang out with. Then pick a fucking side. She's got a lot of different personalities, and I think she's just trying to figure out which one fits best in this friend group. She's probably just confused because Abe makes her play a character every time they have sex. He doesn't want to have sex with his wife, so he makes her oh, play You know they're using different... those masks. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. They're doing Did some you go weird... to a mask like that? Little Eyes Wide Shut party? Little Fidelio? Would I go? Yeah. I don't know. Is Not a sex party. Oh, yeah. It's like a, you know. I was going to say, like, get in? Are, would you like, wear the mask the whole time show? and have some fun? If it's a mask party, I feel like, I feel like this is a loaded question. I'm not. Nope. <laughs> Nothing in the chamber. <laughs> Dev, no, I'm not going to any weird mask sex parties. All right, I'll let you know how it goes. I, what? What? Attaboy. <laughs> Ayo, Jessel, and I, again, I'm glad that she, you know what? While talking about this episode, I've completely changed my opinion on it. I like this episode. I like that we saw Jessel come into her own in the last episode. That's what this episode was It just about. didn't seem like a season finale. I agree with that. Yeah. But the fact that we saw Jessel, who's been shit on by this crew, and her try to relate, her try to smooth it over, her try to be the bigger person, to see her come out like this, take a stance, say, you know what? I heard you were talking shit, Aaron. And then she, Cy comes over. And she's like, yeah, and I heard that you just don't like me, Sai. And so I was like, it's not that I don't like you. It's just be real. It's like she hasn't been fake. You know, and that we were at the forefront of like, what's her real deal? Like, who is Jessel really? She's not fake. She's not smooth. She's a little clumsy, but she's not fake. But I feel like that just comes with getting into a new group of friends Absolutely. and trying to figure out your identity in the friend group. And it's got to be tough because this is a forced group of friends. Right. Usually you get to pick your own. And they did have that fucking dumb throwaway, which I can't stand that we hear this every goddamn show. Your friends are your family that you choose. Yeah. Enough. Enough. It's fucking annoying. Stop saying that. You guys aren't really friends. You guys got thrown together because you're good personalities that might work on a TV show. Yeah, we do this you for a living. became friends sometimes. We know the premise. Yes, we understand how this all works. I do have to ask you, were you offended when Cy looked at Jessel and said, you're the type that writes shit down in the notebook because you can't remember it? Uh, I didn't take it personally, but I did write something down like, that's fucked up. Yeah, I think it was a subtweet. You think that they're coming after me? Yeah. Wow. I, you know what? If that's the case, then I'm just honored that they mentioned me. Okay. How about that? That's good. That's How good. About that? Uh, <laughs> For you. This little interaction ends, though, with Jessel finally being like, we're just going to go our separate ways. What I liked about it is Jessel says that and calmly walks away. Yep. Says, we're cool. And goes and gets her husband. See you later. Yep. Sigh. She throws a tantrum. She gets loud. She walks away. She's got a problem with it. 
and it's because she's not used to getting like faced. You know, no, what and I mean? you get that immediate fake confessional from Sai. Wow, Jessel finally figured out. If she just ignores me, I'll be happy. Right. It's yeah. Like, no, okay, no, no, dude. No. Sure. Who are you fooling? Yeah. You didn't win as this. As soon as you get ignored for like three minutes, you have to run back over. Yep. This is where Bryn lost me a little bit. This episode in general, because she tries to. Everyone's going after. Jessel did great. She stood up for herself in her own way. She didn't cause a scene. Like she was calm, collected, said what she needed to say, and moved on. She didn't want to get emotional about it. Yeah. It was great. Bryn's like, you need to stand up for yourself. It's like we just watched her. Yep. She, she did a very good job of it because she didn't entertain the nonsense. She just said what she wanted to say and moved on. She actually did a great job of standing up for herself. And Bryn's- I, I don't have any, I do have issues with a couple of the things that Bryn did in this episode. That's not one of them. I I truly don't even think that she even knew that Jessel stood up for herself. Oh, you don't? Because once she walked in, she did give a warm hello and happy birthday to Bryn. Bryn walked away. So Bryn okay. wasn't really there. And it, it is her birthday party. And there were a lot of other people there, not just these people. So I did see Bryn like kind of mixing it up with other people during this whole thing. So I really don't think that she knows that Jessel had just stood up for herself. Okay. She came back to the conversation a little bit later. But that doesn't give her a pass because she did some other shitty things. Well, in light of that, humor me on this one. Do you think that at a certain point in the night, Bryn looked around and noticed that her party was not all about her? And she brought up the new year, new you, let's air our grievances kind of deal. Yeah. She could take center stage and also drop a fucking bomb out of nowhere. There was no need for this comment to come out in the open. She calls out Pavitt for saying that size bipolar. And then to her credit, reels it in and says, but he said immediately he rescinded that. He said, I don't mean it like that. But then he called her a fucking bitch. And the way that she said it was, a, that was a, a harsh F and a harsh B with a solid ch- I just love that Pavitt didn't back down from it, though. In the confessional? Like, in the confessional, he's like, yeah, did I, I? I was a little emotional. I was defending my wife. Yeah, I probably did call her a fucking bitch. He, like, said, if I called, did. he said if I called her a bitch, she was probably being a bitch. <laughs> That's great, though. And I, I don't know because I think that Bryn was missing in action for a little bit there. She had COVID, I think. Yeah. So she did get to miss out on a couple little things. And really all she got was sitting at Jessel's apartment and that was the only like piece of information that she could then spew and throw it into the group and just see what happens. Just sure. throw a little grenade out there. And she did it twice. So I think that she was just looking for that wow factor, I guess, if you will, which never it doesn't really work that often. And I think that's kind of what she was going for. I don't think it was because it wasn't about her. I think this was premeditated. Okay. All right. So it was because the last few episodes had not been about her. Yes. I would. Okay. Yes. I like yes. That. Yes. Well, as this is all going on, Jessel takes center stage again because Sai starts saying, well, she just lies about everything. It's like, what do I lie about? Because I get confused every time as well. I'm like, what has she lied about? Nothing. Did she embellish her backstory a little bit? I don't maybe, even think she embellished maybe. the backstory. I That's think she was I'm telling saying. the backstory of a different person. Right. Like, like, <laughs> it's, just, it's still confusing. But like, if you want to get frustrated at the runaround, okay, fine. Sure. But to say that she's lying, she's like, and then she brings up Vietnam again. And it's like, dude. All that she said was, he's going to Vietnam in a couple weeks. He booked a staycation for me. Why are we so stuck on the goddamn date? My man says, they're open tickets. They weren't open yet. And I looked it up. Do you know what happened? Whatever that airline is, made a mistake and posted these tickets that were supposed to be like $15,000 for like 700 bucks. They fucked up and posted it. He got like an alert, like there was cheap tickets, and he bought three of them. They said... In an article, 
we messed up, but we're honoring the tickets. But because of that, I would imagine, as with all mileage, there are blackout dates. Yep. This all makes sense. It if does. the timeline's a little skewed, they're not lying about the premise of no, the No, I just think that Sai can't get her fucking head around the fact that she can't comprehend how it works. What, you're how, not as smart works? as you're letting on. We know this. We watch you sit there and talk the whole time. You open <laughs> fucking boxes for a living on social media. You're not that intelligent. We try to see you as a smart person, and you are not a smart person because you clearly can't wrap your fucking little mind around this stupid, dumbass fucking thing that you keep bringing up, and it makes no sense that you're holding on to this. If Jessa lied about something, we didn't see it. No. And everything that we're seeing in Bravo's archives that they keep bringing out every time they bring it up, Jessel didn't lie. Jessel didn't know. No. She had no idea. Pavitt didn't know. Pavitt's looking and saying, yeah, you know, February 9th it opens, but, you know, it, it shut down right away and I wasn't able to get those. So I, I knew it was going to come in the next couple of weeks and figure it out. I told Jessel. Jessel knew that. They have two kids that run around their fucking apartment all the time. Do you think that they're talking about... Pavitt's fucking trip to Vietnam and when he's going to be able to do it and when the dates are every single night so that Jessel is fully well-versed in all of this? No. No, just get over it. You're stuck on this dumb thing because you have some weird agenda to go after Jessel because she wronged you in some way I, I don't, that none I of us really understand. It just doesn't make any sense. You call somebody a liar on one of these shows, you better know exactly what they lied about and be able to point out exactly what it is. Have Otherwise, receipts. you look like an idiot. We need receipts. If yes. you're going to play that card, you got to come with ammo. And we know that. We see it happen time and time again. We see housewives get shut down because they don't bring a receipt. If you're going to make a claim... There has to be some basis or else you end up looking dumb, like yes. you just said. We get the clip of Aaron dressing as a pet parrot. It was actually funny. I'll give her props there. And like the whole scene between Jessel and Cy and Aaron, like squashing everything, like, oh, it's just agree to disagree. Like, we love each other. Bullshit. I didn't believe any of it for a second. I, I think that was just like to save face. They know it's the last episode, whatever. And I'm curious to see like at the reunion if that rings true, because I don't think it's going to. No chance. We get the hand job cake cut. I guess that's a hand job if everyone puts their hand on the knife at the same time. That's what Brim is calling it. Yeah. And Jessel's confessional was really funny. So I think that if Brim gets slapped by a thousand dicks for her birthday, she would. I was yeah. like, whoa. I was on the airplane. I was flying to Texas when they said that. I literally went, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Let me turn this overhead yeah. light off. <laughs> that's a, no. Did you see that, dude? Literally. You can't make it up. Six o'clock in the morning. Six ten flight. And this dude is reading some goddamn book. The foot and I, he I, I don't care. I took the shot, the picture intentionally so you could see not one other light on in the plane. That's my point. The whole point. If everybody on the plane is not turning their light on, and you want to be the one guy to do that, you don't think that's selfish. No, that's not rhetorical. You paid the same money you did, pal. Oh, that's what people what in the comments think? are saying. Get out of here. <laughs> No, that's you're my so favorite. mad that nobody agrees with you. No, so many people agree with me. I just haven't. This is my rose and thorn for the week. Let's I've got like seven or eight comments Let's that have said, "Nah, dude, it's Get just over it's it. bullshit." Get a but... fucking eye mask if you're gonna sleep. This is <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't trust people. Uh, yeah, 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 I don't like it. Yeah. yeah, no, that was no a shot. real response. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not cool with that. But <laughs> this is where we get the Uber phone call brought to light. And Bryn, out of left field, just goes, Uba, I heard you got a man in Connecticut. And the whole room, like, like record scratch. And everyone just looks up, and Cy is livid because Cy just got outed. 
That's all that happened. And she tries to get loud. That's size move. She thinks she can win arguments or disagreements by being louder than other people. Yep. And she's just doubling down. Like, that's her private information. Why would you say that? I didn't say it on camera. It's like, yeah, you did. She did the same thing when she was calling Jessel a liar two minutes ago. Right. Exactly. And so for you to sit there and take this approach of, I didn't spill all the beans. It's like, no, you're at fault here. Uba's going to forgive Bryn. Yes. Uba's going to forgive Bryn. Uba's going to forgive Aaron because Uba told Sai. Yes. Sai told everybody else. Sai told the snitch. And her biggest thing was, well, I didn't spill all the beans on camera. Doesn't matter, dude. Fourth wall break. I love a good fourth wall break. You did not specifically do it on camera. You reined yourself in. But then you went out with Aaron and Uba later that day and decided to tell them way more. That's a problem. Yep. Stop acting like Bryn is the person that did this. Bryn, masterclass. Honestly. To just throw Psy under the bus and create some fucking shit just to see on what happens. Thing. I do love that right after that happens, everybody gets pissed off in their own way and everyone leaves. And Bryn's like, well, I thought we were going to go out and rage after this. Like, well, no, you, dude, you just threw a the... fucking live grenade in the middle and said, hey, you guys want to go party or what? Yeah, that doesn't work that, that way. was that disco grenade, you know what I'm talking about? From Fortnite? Is that what that's from? Yeah. I think that actually exists too, but I don't play Fortnite. I I'm not a nerd. I play Warzone. Like, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, all in all, it's a good season. It, it was it's not the best season. It's a good season. There's a lot to build on, and that's the important thing. I think they need to make a couple of casting decisions. I think they need to figure out somebody to bring in if Jenna's gone. If they go the route of former New York housewives, I think it flops. I think it flops really quick. Yeah, I, I, I think it does think it too. Works. And honestly, we have watched a lot of clunkers of seasons in just this like year and a half that we've been doing this, this almost. This not one. This was not one. This was something that I never really groaned or anything when I had to turn it on or wasn't looking forward to something. Like, yeah, there are certain times where I'm watching it that I'm like, all right, yeah, this isn't really super entertaining. But it was never annoying. It was never stuck in the same fucking nonsense over and over and over again to the point that you're just nauseous. It was good. I, I felt like the pacing was really good. I felt like... We got to know everybody pretty well, and I feel like we get to make some pretty harsh decisions at the end of the year. Notice, the only person that we didn't really talk about in that last episode, Jenna. Jenna, Not, because she's she... just kind of, she got a little checked out. She even said so herself, keep the drama over there, I'm going to stay over here. Yeah, and we get... can't do that too long. Established housewives can do that. You, this is your first season. You can't, and I don't think she needs Housewives by any way. I think what we saw that last episode and alluding to, she was on Watch What Happens Live mm -hmm. last week. I don't think she wants to come back. I think that it wasn't what she was expecting. And I think that it was too much. I don't think she wants to be in the, the reunion's drama. a little rough too. I saw a couple of clips Oh, is that, that what it was? Yeah, I just go don't... after Jenna saying that she's completely different off camera like than she is. killer off camera. Yeah, which yeah. I, I want to see that. I would have show loved that, but to I feel see like that. she's afraid to show that because she actually still does have like legitimate business in the background that could be impacted by I her agree. showing her she face can't on there. Show too much softness yeah. if she if she's in the workplace, or I'm sorry, she can't show like how she handles her business on screen, right? Because then people she's doing business with are going to be like, oh, well, I, I know how you work, yeah. So I, 
I don't know. And I will always have a soft spot for Jenna. I like her. I like her as a person. I think she's cool. I think I'd, I just don't think I'd she... enjoy talking to her. Here it is. I don't think that she needs the show, and I don't think the show needs her. Yeah, I agree. But that being said, loved watching her this season. Agreed. Cool. <laughs> Neat. Let's do some questions so I can go lay down because I don't feel good. From Tall Butt 521, not a fan of Taylor or Austin. Taylor is very immature, but were Austin and Olivia a duo? I'll let you take this one. No. I just like <laughs> don't think so. I, I, I keep getting re-angry about this. They had a fling for a couple of months. You were on screen. Maybe that deserves a little bit more because you're filming together all the time. But it, three months is not long enough to have this many feelings. This is now... Twice as long as you guys were together. I think mm -hmm. they keep saying six months, six months. Yep. So it's twice as long as you guys were together that you are no longer together. Who the fuck cares? Move on. Not me. But you know what? Maybe they're meant to be friends. Oh, on the flip side, from Linzel. Even though they are douche canoes, nice. Don't Austin and Taylor make a good couple? No. Really? I don't think that Austin... I could see. Look, I, I mean, I think it makes sense, but I feel like Austin's going to cheat on her. So, no. Okay. It's just, I, I can't see Taylor. I don't know where she is in her head at this point, but it seems like she's just willing to do anything that anybody wants to do because she just wants some friends. And Austin's showing her a lot of attention. She's, she's showing her some caring moments. She acts like she thinks that she knows that Austin's a better person than everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's a weird situation. We know he's not. I don't know. No. I'm going to say no. Okay. You think they are? I think they make sense if Austin wasn't such a dog. But he is. I know. I'm saying if that okay. was no. if he was settling down like and not going to be like that Watching guy. Craig. Right. I could see those two making sense if he was actually working on himself instead of... I think of... as long as there's one other of the three musketeers that's single and just kind of doing their own thing, the others won't settle down. Yeah, I agree with that. From Pineapple Bex, is Cy catching so much fire because there's nothing else to discuss this season? Absolutely not. There's plenty to discuss. Cy is just focused on one thing, and it's coming off horribly. She's just not doing a good job. Yeah. She's not playing the game the right way. Yep. Just a rookie mistake. From Bobby J. Gorski, what do we think Pavitt's really doing in Vietnam? Multiple times for 24 hours? Getting a fucking sandwich, Bobby. He's getting a sandwich. He's getting a sandwich. Don't wink. I don't think he's doing anything shady. Is he going to go out, maybe like go to a bar and get fucking hammered? Like, I don't know. Do I think that he's going out there to cheat on Jessel? No. Yeah, I, I don't Unequivocally, no, I do not. I understand like the scenario if I didn't know somebody and watch them on TV and watch their relationship. If you just said, hey, this guy goes to, uh, I wanted to say Thailand again. Yeah, Vietnam. This guy goes to Vietnam for 24 hours. I would say, what's he doing over there? Actually, you know what? If he was going to Thailand, I would absolutely say, what's he doing over uh, there? Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Bangkok. <laughs> and last one from, oh, Edorinda Headlights. Boom, nailed it. Do you get the sense Aaron and Cy planned this Jessel thing pre-filming, but misjudged how it would land with the viewers? 
No. I don't think it was pre-filming. I already said this in the episode. I do think that they think they're crushing it during the season. And when they watch it back, they're going to be like, oh, we come off as assholes. I think Aaron's going to think that. I don't think Cy is apologetic ever. No, and I don't think it's premeditated at all. Or else Cy would have a better argument for Jessel being a liar than talking about Pavitt's potential trip to Vietnam. Yeah. I feel like there would be a little more substance there, a little more thought behind it. I feel like it's all organic, and Erin's just kind of tagging along so she doesn't get in trouble. And a quick plug. Don't forget, we have our live show in L.A. November 19th at the Bourbon Room, so get your tickets for that. It's a Friendsgiving with Zach Peter. It's going to be an absolute blast. We're really looking forward to it. The shiny what? city. The shi- What? Isn't that what they call it? L.A.? Sh- sparkles, shimmering and sparkling. I don't think that's what they call L.A. Well, it's something. I don't know. Uh, the land where dreams are made. That actually might be Hollywood. Bollywood. Stop, dude. I'm I need to go to bed. <laughs> Remember to follow us on all of our socials at Brav underscore bros. Subscribe to our YouTube at Brav Bros Podcast. Seriously, on that one, that helps us out a lot. If you if you have a YouTube page and you're not subscribed, just do us a solid and click that button. Even if you don't watch, just click the button. Help or us out. Or do watch. Or do watch and click you that. Want to see what we do when we're talking? It's nonsense. It's nonsense. We do a lot of hand motions. I'm a big hand talker. Stop it. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything else? No, you don't. Feels. Go Phils. Go Birds. Red October lives on. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.